This is a live Women Authors of Achievement podcast, episode 76 with guest Annabelle Manding. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Daria Savorova, and welcome to today's conversation recorded live at the vibrant premises of Soho House Berlin. Celebrated as a versatile actress, presenter, voiceover artist, and author, Annabel Manding opens up about her multicultural upbringing in Germany, Togo, and Pakistan. She describes herself as a professional autodidact, where in 1994 she became the first German person of color to be a television presenter. In this conversation, you get to hear how she navigated obstacles, including surviving multiple serious accidents, and how she emerged from those experiences stronger than ever. Get ready to be inspired by Annabelle's extraordinary story as she shares insights on the film industry, structural discrimination, and the power of never giving up. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter via waa.berlin so you can stay up to date with future events and live podcasts. In the meantime, enjoy this conversation. First of all, thank you so much, everyone, for coming. This is like full house. That's so exciting. And I must say that it's always a pleasure to see everyone and to see everyone's faces. And since it's a live podcast, you know what it means? It means that you need to be fun and engage and clap and make noise because that's what apparently listeners like when they hear a live podcast. I also want to say a huge thank you to Annabelle. I know we've been like back and forward with the dates, but it worked out. It did. And <laughs> Annabelle, through Thomas, you made the intro. So thanks so much for making it happen as well. So House for hosting us and Daniel, Dan from Podfest Berlin for making the best audio checks. And I mean, we've been working, this is our third live recording, I think. And he always makes sure the recordings are so good. So thank you so much for being there, Daniel. I, you do, you're not even looking at me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're too busy making sure it works. There's never, you know, I think enough thank yous. Uh, someone said that don't say stories, but say thank yous. I think it's always good to be grateful and appreciative. And that's what I'm channeling in right now. So today my guest is Annabelle Mandeln. Manding. Manding. <laughs> that was something I was supposed to ask you before. And it's okay, we're going to do it now. Sure. Um, and Annabelle is first guest on my show that is actually in the film industry. You know, it's always exciting when I have a guest who is talking about new topic or is opening a new theme for the show, for the episode. I'm so excited. So you will introduce kind of the film industry and your story. And I think there's so many angles to your story that we're going to talk about. So let's see if we have enough time because right <laughs> uh, everybody wants to have their drinks refreshed at some point but Annabelle she has a very interesting background and partially that she's a versatile actress presenter voiceover artist and author so very multi-talented person getting nervous sitting to you she was brought up in Germany Togo Pakistan that's something we're going to talk about how those cultures influence you we're going to talk about film industry and this power of never giving up there's a couple of personal things that happened in your life that were very when I was reading, I had goosebumps uh, from accidents to different life situations to racism that you had to face in the film industry. And I think those things that you've been very vocal about, very strong voice. And I appreciate that your, your candid opinion on that and your candid approach to that. And I think everyone else in the room are curious to hear what you have to say. So let's get started. And my first question is, how come you were in Germany, Togo, Pakistan in your early days? 
Well, actually, I was born in Germany, but my mother, she had the idea that she needs to go abroad. And, and then she went with the German development office to Togo for two and a half years. And she was like directing the upbringing of like a design house where so handicapped people could like develop fashion. So she was there. I went to an SOS children's village school first, and then I went to a German school in the capital city, Lomé. And later on, after we came back to Germany from Togo, we went to Pakistan for another three years because there also she was like an expert for a women's project where women get education in computers, uh, which was absolutely revolutionary in the times. It was in 1986. And in comparison to today's state of mind in, in Pakistan, it was okay for us to live there. But still, it was a very tough time, of course. And this kind of project wouldn't be possible today, unfortunately. But it was, and yeah, and she went for it. My parents divorced when I was little. Me and my brother were little. And my brother and I, we were both in Togo together with her. And uh, in Pakistan, I was alone, but my brother came to make it a little bit easy for me for the, for the first months, but he was already studying. Okay. So yeah, so she sh took the opportunity actually to go abroad and to, to do something else besides being a teacher that she was. And how do you feel like living in all those cultures? How, like how does did this impact you for the rest of your life? Well, it did and it still does because the thing is that it there's a lot of respect that I took away from those places for those cultures and the religion and the different borders and that people have different um, state of minds and that they only can go so far just because of their upbringing maybe, you know, and that it's like not understanding a culture where I come from does not mean automatically that they don't respect it but it also it only means that they don't understand it so I learned a lot about communication I learned a lot about that you need to open up your mind to actually understand what's going on in other people's mind and then you can maybe judge or not judge because it's I think today we are very driven to judge people we are very fast in doing that and what I learned especially through Pakistan because I was there when I was I got there when I was 15 I was a teenager and I left when I was 18 and ever since that time, first of all, I'm very thankful to be able to live in, in Germany because there I can dress the way I am. It's a, like I do. It's like it's hot. So I'm not wearing anything that is long sleeved or whatever is too warm. It gives me the feeling that, you know, my skin would explode in Pakistan. I was not able to do that. So I'm very aware of what we are capable of doing. Here. I'm aware that we have the opportunity to talk free about what we think, you know, that we have we can discuss our opinions in public and we can wear our hair open in public and all that. And it's like, so I learned a lot about appreciation. I, I learned a lot about what it really means to be free in the sense of being physically and psychologically free to do what, what you want to do. And I think I will never forget that. I took it away from there and, and never left me. You know, the experience of like us communicating and exchanging, I felt that you were a very grateful person and you're a person that you're grateful for every day. Like I, I, I am. check also your stories. You're like I'm running <laughs> outside. Yes. The weather's beautiful. Healthy, happy, and alive is my, where, my where favorite gift. From? And maybe you could also share those accidents that you had. It, yeah. Did that, did that impact you in any way? Oh, it did. It does. I mean, every day because I'm, I have some handicaps that people don't know about because they don't see it, but it's it's there. I mean, my... I was run over by a car when I was six. <laughs> was underneath the car, I was run over. I have scars from that accident, of course. And then I, I was in a car accident when I was 17. I almost lost my left arm and it's still handicapped. It was all smashed and so I can't bend it right. I can't turn it at all, which is a great handicap because I can't grab certain things. 
I have to move my way around it. And then I have also um, bars and metal in my spine because my that was not an accident, but it's due to a scolio, double scoliosis because my spine was so bent. So I can only move my head, but I can't move my torso. I can't twist my torso, okay. you know, so I can only be straight. So that is also something that I have to work my way around it. But I do that by working out, by, you know, being an athlete and, and doing a lot of yoga and running and, and martial arts and all kinds of stuff. And it's because I'm, I'm absolutely aware that my body is a machine that I have to take care of. If I don't, it's just going to break down. And that is what happened to me Dude, through those accidents. It was a great shock, of course, when, when I realized that I, either I do work for it or I'm not going to be able to move around freely the way I want to. And that's why I also decided to have the operation done with the bars that tighten of half a kilo in my back. Otherwise, I would be in a wheelchair. I've, I would have been in a wheelchair since I was 35. So that's what the doctor said. It's like either or. So I, ha I had a lot of either or decisions in my life and I always went for the opportunity to create my own future and to, and to work for it. And it's not easy and it's, it's painful and physically painful, of course, sometimes. But at the end of the day, the pros and cons, the cons are always way more and, than and you've been yeah, the like, pros. And you've do. been like fighting through your, I mean, talking about your professional career, like you've been fighting through on and on. And yeah. this is something we're going to get to, but maybe be before that, like, how did you, do you have a moment? I'm going to have a zip of wine. <laughs> <laughs> why did you get into acting? Like, why did you feel that this is your calling? That's a good question, actually. I mean, I feel the I energy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel the energy already. I feel yeah. like, yes. Yeah, it has sense. a lot to do with energy. I think it has, it has to do with storytelling, I think, because I was like, when I was a little girl, I, was, um, I already took tape recorders. You know, I, come, I was born 1971, so that was the time when we had tape recorders. So I took those and I was like doing my own kind of audio plays with it. And, and I was eight, you know. So whenever I had the opportunity to tell a story, I would go for it. And then I started theater when I was at the school. And I was actually um, invited to an audition from uh, someone from the State Theater in Oldenburg for Mephisto and I got that when I was 18 it was natural for me to become an actress although I declined going to a school because when I was at the theater I thought everyone that is part of the group the actors and actresses were crazy I thought they were either drinking too much smoking too much or you know being completely vain or not I was like, like someone no. is someone is laughing like they yeah. really they know I was just yeah I was too I was too young I didn't want to go to, to a school where they take me apart and put me together in a way that I'm not happy with so I was thinking I just need more time to really grow up and to become right. a person that I identify with without having other people telling me who I am. So that's why I never went to school. I'm like a professional, self-taught person. <laughs> that's what you mentioned a couple yeah. of times. And I mean, you taught yourself, like you went into, as you said, you're a presenter, voiceover right. artist, like author. So every time you were like, you know what, I'm just gonna figure this out. Yeah, I did. Is this, your, is this yeah. your approach to life then? It is, it is. Because I think, of course, I would have loved to go to university, I think. Because like my brother did, my mom, my father, but I couldn't find anything which combined my needs. I always had the feeling that I need to explore more. I don't want to be limited to a certain degree or to a certain study. And, and that's why I said, I'm not going to do it. Um, and, but I come, I mean, I come from a generation where it was possible to actually 
just enter a business and just try it out, just go for it, because it was the beginning of the TV channels in Germany. I mean, when I was born, we had three TV channels. That was it. There was no Netflix, there was no Amazon, Sky, Apple, nothing. Before there was no RTL, Pro7, Sat1, no private channel. But they started at the time, and so did I. I was like 20, 21, was modeling a little bit. I got invited to castings. I was standing there in the studios knowing nothing about the business. I was saying, I was like, uh, you are supposed to introduce yourself. I'm like, um, uh, 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 uh. but I learned. I learned through the castings mm. to be able to, you know, have a voice. And then I had the chance to actually start in a very new TV channel, a very small one from the city of Hamburg. Mm. And yeah, that's how I started. And then I went from there. I just took it step by step. I just asked and learned and was able, I was always willing to give everything and I was always willing to start from scratch. So I think that was that's good if you have the energy and you don't feel too good or too high up or too high level mm -hmm. to actually go for things. You know, I started being um, bringing coffee to the editors and then later on I was sending myself in front of the camera. So I just, you know, went you, from that. Did you get a lot of no's? I did. I did. I did get a lot of no's, but I never had the feeling that I got them because I'm not good enough. But mm -hmm. I got them because... The circumstances didn't allow that because the society was not was not developed enough to understand that black black people do belong in front of the camera or that women that are 5'11 and a half tall like me can also be uh, like a weather girl, which I became then. And so <laughs> I think it's, it was more about that I tried to understand why things didn't take place instead of taking it personally. Hmm. I was thinking about that I should become the first target show, the first presenter for the national news. But then I figured if we compare ourselves to Great Britain, it makes sense that they do. They had a black news anchor who was like the number one many, many years before. But the population was also completely different. In Germany, and now, now the changes come. Now you can take a look at the kindergartens and you can see, I mean, there's no way around it. Seriously, whoever declines it is just an idiot. And so... Times have changed, and I always tried to be more uh, uh, into communicating about what needs to change and what, how, instead of thinking, oh, they don't take me because they're racist and because they're bad people. They might have been racist too, but I think that it was more about how society looked upon me as a person. So you have uh, three productions. And you were in the movies like Berlin Alexanderplatz, in, uh, which is quite known, and of course Netflix Vikings Valhalla. Who's, who's watching Vikings Valhalla? <laughs> Thomas is. Come on, guys. I mean, I watched all of it. Like, don't we all love Vikings? Why do you felt like such a big project slended right now in your career? Well, actually, it was not right now. It was like... I had the good fortune that I, as a presenter, I was always working. So I always had the possibility to finance my life being a presenter. Mm. So that was good because people were more open um, towards so-called international faces being a POC. It was, you know, it was easier as a presenter instead of being um, an actress. So I just waited because I said, I'm not going to play a refugee or a prostitute or a cleaning woman if it doesn't make sense. You know, I'm not, I mean, they're a great Irma Ladus or a pretty woman great prostitution, great prostitutes roles. I wouldn't say anything against that, but those weren't the roles that were offered to me. And I said, I'm not going to do it. I said, I'm not going to do it. I declined. I turned them down. I will wait. And I did have a series when I was in my 30s called Bis in die Spitzen, Cutting It. But it went and, and, and then it was over and then nothing really happened. 
accept those roles that I just mentioned. And I said, I'm just going to wait. And then there was this director, Zuse Makla, the casting director, and asked me to make an audition for Berlin Alexanderplatz. But I was 48 already. It was a long time. I waited for a long, long time. That was in 2018. And when I got the role after three castings, I was, of course, overwhelmed. And it was during Corona, and we were in the, in the Berlin and the, in the Berlinale, in the competition. And so it was a big thing. It was great. It was the start for people for the German market to look at me from a different angle. They finally realized she is an actress as well. She's not only a presenter, but she is an actress. So that helped. And then I got an international agency and I got Vikings Valhalla playing a warrior, finally, which is in my DNA, I think. <laughs> and so it was like, it made me very happy. And, and ever since, I do play international roles. The series, um, the British Sky series, Then You Run, just launched and just aired. And so um, I'm in there next to Famke Janssen and, and Richard Coyle. And I will play in a Netflix movie now and an international one and then in a series also and then in the fantasy series and an American one. So it's like, but it took a long, long time. It looks as if, oh, wow, you know, it all it's, like, it's like working right. for you. And I'm like, yeah, what? You know, I come from way back there. But it took you, me a long, long time. But do you wish you were born like in different times? No, 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 no. There's no regrets. No, there are no regrets. I never wanted a different skin color. I never wanted a different different circumstance in a different country. It's not that. It's just that it is tiring that I still need to answer the same questions about racism, for instance, and all that. Not from you, but I'm just saying from society. That is like, sorry, Daria. <laughs> but it's like, you know, that is, that is, it's always the same. And it's just common human sense that we all live in this society. Therefore... We need to be represented in this society. I mean, it's no big deal, seriously. But there are some people who think that I should do it differently and they will die soon. So that's good. It's the older <laughs> generation. <laughs> and then the new generation can take over. <laughs> I love it. I mean, since we're coming back to the topic of it, like what kind of discrimination you had to face and what kept you going? And despite being like pushed back, but you were like, OK, I'm going to just digest this. I might give feedback, but I'm just going to continue. Well, the common thing that the most common that I got was we think that people cannot identify with you if we put you in front of a camera. Well, we talk about German yeah. productions. Yeah, yeah, I just started like uh, working internationally as an actress two years ago. So, yeah. So that that was as a presenter or as an actress or as a face for commercials or whatever and adverts. That was always the reason. And I'm, I was like, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think it has to do with the skin color. I think it has to do with the character and the personality. So I figured that just the right project or the right production just needs to be found for me. It's not that I need to change, but the market needs to have more possibilities where I do fit in. And that is what happened. It just taught me to be more patient. Or foster change yourself, I would imagine. And for, yeah. There was many like colleagues of yours that started also appearing and probably participating and probably pushing their case. Yes. And I mean, I am the first black German presenter in German television. There was Arabella Kiswa who came from Austria. She was a year before, but I was the first one. So, of right. course, I pushed open some of the doors that the new generation can walk through, which is great. And now the generation, which is now in, in its 20s, I mean, they have a different power and they really, they ask for different things, um, it, which is fantastic. So it was kind of a wave that started back then and now, it, you know, it's going through 
the veins of all of us, I think. All of us that are sitting here that are interested in learning more about what happened and why and how things can change. So I think it's a very positive movement that took place. And especially, of course, it was pushed through Black Lives Matter. I mean, no question about that. But I also think that it started long before. There's so many great personalities that we don't know about that they now they come to the surface because now they do have the platform to be heard and seen. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's great. That's I amazing. think there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of energy out right. there. I think. Maybe a question to the audience, like who is actually working in the film industry? The person who was laughing. <laughs> you have a couple of people. The reason I ask this, because that means you can be very candid here. Uh, there's not many of your colleagues here, so maybe you can be extra honest. There's a podcast uh, got to be in the media forever. forever. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> well, I was like, let me trick her into this. Let me trick her into this. Where is the German film industry today? What's your candid like feedback on where is the German film industry? I think it's on the right path, finally. I think there are a lot of people there who ask for change. There are a lot of people that are, have fun in telling stories that are diverse, and they're asking for people to be diverse in front of the camera, but also behind the camera, of course. So the whole film industry has a different approach now. I think they really want to change things. Still, we have still the same discussions going on that... Yeah, but this is like historical. I mean, you know, like Bridgerton, that is wrong. There was never a black queen. I said, yeah, so who cares? Because we're doing film. We can do whatever we want. I mean, you know, we have Marvel, for God's sake. So who cares if a queen was black or green or in stripes? But those are the kind of discussions. And they always go against POCs, always, or be POCs. And that is weird. It's like, I think that people need to be aware that the film industry is a tool to tell whatever story. It does not matter. It is a tool to bring things to life and to give them as a present to the public because there will be people there who love Bridgerton in the future as well. And there will be people who love different kinds of films. And due to the streaming platforms, we have the opportunity to actually tell all kinds of stories, always. Why not do it? I think those discussions are lame and I think that it really, it should depend on the production people. It should depend on the script. Is it a great script or not? Is the actors or the actor great or not? That should be the reason why a story is told. And that's... And speaking, speaking of that, like what's your thoughts on the screenwriters and actors strike happening right now? I think it's very important that they do because I think that as an artist, when you give your soul and your heart uh, for the work that you do, it's not absolutely not right to just take this work and claim to have the right to do whatever with mm. it. Because has, it's still a has, personal work. That's has everybody what it is. heard about it, right? Everybody's aware of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. so it, it, you know, there are authors back out there and actresses and actresses, of course, and photographers and all, and they're afraid, you know, that they will be ignored. And I think it's extremely tricky because the future will come. There's no way that we can go against the future, that KI is not going to happen. It will happen. But we need to form under which circumstances and under which um, laws also. And I have, think... Have you started already thinking about like your career and like drafting some, some contracts on or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. to. I have to. The thing is that as voiceover actors or because it's a huge industry in Germany, I will be out of work for in a couple of years, I'm sure. Because what KI can do is take Leonardo DiCaprio's voice and voice it into a German they can do so, that. So, how so do you, they will not need yeah. a voiceover actor to do that. So for how do you him. protect yourself? I can't. Voice I can't. I can't. I will be out. 
That's okay. So I'm, going, I'm going to do something else. Yes. Yes. You need to, I think people need to be aware of that the time will come. That's how it is. You know. <laughs> do you have like open conversations between actors and voiceover actors about yeah, this? Yeah, the voiceover actors. I mean, because we have actually, there's a double change taking place. There's, first of all, Black Lives Matter pushed productions in the U.S., to say that if there is a black actress on screen, we want a black voiceover actress to speak her in German, which is impossible because there are like five to 10 people that are really good. I belong to them, of course, but you know, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> it's about pushing the younger talents, the younger generation and really make sure that the young people get the chance. So that is something which is good actually for the industry. And on the other hand, we will be out of work. So for me, always as an artist, I always took care that I don't only have one job. I'm a presenter. I'm an actress and I'm also a voiceover actress, but I'm also working on a different business with a friend of mine to be ready for the future. So I think that we can't just go one, that's the title of my book. I mean, there's like, it's not enough to just go for one way to go just straight ahead. It's just, it's you, you wrote a not book. Enough. I mean, what, what was the moment when you wrote a book? And then it was beautiful. It was like detours, detours. and ways. Yeah, because going straight ahead was never the way I could do things. It's like I always had to find ways around things over or under things to right. get to the goal that I, I aim for. I wrote the book because there were a couple of people that approached me due to my accidents and due to my history and asking me to write. It was not my idea, literally. It was actually an editor that can bless you, was an editor <laughs> that came up to me and she said, we really want you to write a book because we think that you could motivate other people and other women. And, and I said, okay. And I, I knew that if I would write the book, It would be published when I would turn 50. And I, as it's about my life, I think at the age of 50, you have stuff to tell. It's not about writing an autobiography at the age of 25, which I find a little bit ridiculous. So it's like I thought, you know, how to have half a century behind me is, is fair enough to tell my story. And you spoke about the age a couple of times. And I, usually I don't talk about age. I don't ask my guests. I try to eliminate the topic of I'm aging. I'm 52. <laughs> and that's fine <laughs> you know and I'm just like you know what embrace you know how you feel it doesn't matter how old you are right this is what matters is like what where your soul is how fit you are how do you feel and maybe this is too personal but how did aging affect your career and just you who you are it didn't not yet it didn't and I'm very thankful for that I think it has to do with me taking such good care of me and my body and my skin due to the accidents and due to my story that I, I mean, had. can we give a round of applause how amazing <laughs> Annabelle looks? <laughs> But <laughs> so it has not affected my life yet. And I think it will happen, of course, but it's true. It's about it's about the mindset. It's about also are you fit in your head and also in your bones? I think it has to do with how you feel. I always think that you live inside of your body. Your soul lives inside of your body and you also take care of your house where you live in. Why not take care of your body where you live in? So that's what I do. And I've been doing that ever since I was a little child because I was always affected by illnesses and asthma or accidents or the scoliosis. So I never had any other choice. But now looking back, I'm so happy. I'm so glad that I did it. Because now at my age, I'm fit, you know, I'm, and I can do whatever I want to do 
except twist my torso, but that's okay. <laughs> and, 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 and play like a Viking warrior. Like, this yes. is amazing. Yeah. It was my favorite role so far. Ever since, I was booked <laughs> for roles like that. I mean, I'm, I will be out with My Lady Jane, which is like an Amazon series coming out, I think, maybe by the end of this year, hopefully. And I'm a nun, actually, with a scarred face and foul Jeez. teeth. And I'm also <laughs> fighting the prince, and it's great fun. You know? I love it. And you're like, and, it's like your home turf. Like, yeah, it finally. is. It is. I mean, and I'm also... Sarah Kaur is coming out, which is a ZDF uh, on the ZDF, and it's um, with Lisa Potov, who plays Sarah Kaur. And when I was booked for the role, we didn't we knew each other, but she didn't know I was booked because we were actually training together, mm. martial arts. So this movie is coming out by the end of this year, and it will show for the first time on a German state channel, a governmental TV channel, two women that fight against each other on that level as a martial art level, and one black and one blonde. And so that's pretty cool. I'm going to be the first one and hopefully not the last, probably not the last. <laughs> so, no, that's yeah. really cool. That's tough. Like we all need to like channel in those vibes, you know? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but being so versatile and busy, how did this impact your approach to, to family actually? Of course it did, because it's like I was always afraid that I might not work enough or that I might be out of work. Because if you have studied, I think, and if you like become part of a company or an organization or whatever, you feel kind of safe. I never did. I never do, actually. Even though looking back, I know that I've always worked very well. You know, I'm financially, I'm okay, but it's like it's still something that is in my head and that I, I always try to take care of that I'm that's why I'm also busy I'm writing concepts and I'm doing writing a book painting and all you know always trying to be to come up with something that is also generating money to put it as simple as that and unfortunately I haven't met Hayo the man by my side early enough I met him when we were both in our mid-40s and that was after I had an operation because health-wise I don't know how to say Gebärmutter in English. Do you know? Utero, thank you. So I had to have it that removed because I, otherwise I would have died 42. when I was 42. My brother has three kids and I met with him and his wife and he said, well, Anna, you have to decide. It's either you or a chance to have a child with someone that you haven't met yet. So I think it's you should put yourself first. And, and that I would did. be like a high risk of death. To yeah, yeah. Child. Okay. Not only during pregnancy, but in general. In general for me that I would have an incident again where I would just bleed out. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to avoid that, you know, because I'm a happy woman and I want to be able to move around and not to be afraid that whenever I leave a city with a hospitals around that I might die somewhere. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, so that's what I did. And it's like, I'm a very pragmatic person. So also because maybe because I've been an athlete all my life. I started with doing things, sports when I was three and I'm still doing it. So I have a very pragmatic approach also towards my body mm. and thinking that, oh my God, now I can never be a mother, I can never have children. I never looked at it that way. I literally never did because it's, it's first of all, it's my life is about me. And then if I have the power to give my energy and my love to other people, that's great. But for that, I need to be stable concerning right. myself. And so I'm very happy that my brother has three kids, my best friend has two kids. And, you know, I grew up with them. I, I know them since they were born. And it's like, it's okay. It's fine. Plus, I can give them back when they were getting on my nerves. <laughs> 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 no, so it's a, I think I have a healthy approach concerning that. Tell me, what are you excited about? Like, what's ahead of you? What are you most thrilled? I'm thrilled, actually, really, that I can now finally work as an actress the way I want to. I'm thrilled that, you know, yeah. <laughs> Woo! 
I'm like, I'm so happy. You know, I'm getting now people approach me for projects that I'm really interested in, or I think they're thrilling things, roles to play for me. And I'm also, I'm happy that the community grows, that we have Black Women X Matter that was like founded by Thelma Boerbang, one of my closest friends, who's a great, great actress and a wonderful woman and a great friend. And and so I think there's a lot of energy that comes together. There's a lot happening. There's a lot of openness towards also women and towards the energy that we share among each other. And I think that's great. I think it's it's cool that the doors are opening, that, that people take care about that they become more sensitive about what they say, how they say it, to whom they say it, that they do apologize if they said things in a way that that hurts people. And I think it's great, finally, you know. I mean, I think we shouldn't feel awkward anymore if we get hurt, but we should be able to say it out loud and say, look, this doesn't feel right. Please change. And then that person should change it. Yes, a person, a company, a government. <laughs> so there's a lot that still needs to be done, but I'm I'm very happy that... Energy-wise, I mean, at least in Germany, we know that there's a lot of stuff going on in other countries, especially Iran, where things are not changing in a way that should mm. that they should. But among us, I think there's a lot of good things happening. A lot of bad things too, but more good things. That's important. So there's, I think, a lot of women in this room and men. A few. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's age-wise, I think we have a great diversity, 20s, 30s, 40s. And you shared, you know, that through your life, you had to be patient for certain things. You had to be resilient. There's many times you could have been one of those persons that faced the setback and be like, you know what? I give up. Like, this is not for me. I don't know. The career is not working out. The lifestyle I want to have is not working out. I, it's just requires too much effort. Any time of your moment that you had challenges, you could have given up and you could have, you know, just be it like yeah. do something do nothing not yeah but what it. would be the alternative i mean realistically yeah speaking. just just exist right yeah but it's just, just that's exist. not enough for me <laughs> for you for you and your character but many people they they face those setbacks again and again and it really throws them off and not everyone has a strong character like you like i know warrior. i know so what are the practical things that people can rely on in those situations when they know that they themselves they're deep inside they're done but yeah. maybe there's some kind of mm -hmm. tool, some kind of approach that can help you keep on going. I think you need to stay in a kind of dialogue with yourself. I think you should listen to yourself. I mean, not only when you speak stuff out loud, but in general. I think you should check yourself what are the needs that you really do. I mean, not the basic needs like to eat and drink and sleep and have sex maybe, but the really needs that you do have to have a fulfilled life. And... I think those needs are pretty basic. I think they're also easy to achieve once you realize that all that you went for, like a lot of money, a huge house, a big car or a huge family, is something that might be an aim that you could go for, yes. But I think that values and qualities, they lie in different places. I think that it's most important that you are warm, that you have a shelter, that you can eat, that you have friends that you have people that you can rely on. And if you are honest to yourself and not aggressive towards yourself or towards others, you have the possibility to go also into a, an exchange with other people. And if you do that, you do the first step to change things for yourself because you will have people that can tell you stuff that they have either experienced themselves or they can give you advice how to change things. And I think that it comes down to communication always. 
It's like without communicating with yourself or with others around you, there is no step forward. It's, it's impossible. So I think if you go for that and you take it, I always say, take one baby step after the other. Of course, I go, I aim for the Oscars. I mean, who, you know, who wouldn't as an actress? <laughs> but I'm really happy that I can now, like, first of all, play on an international level and play like action roles. That is the first for me. That was a giant step. And I'm so happy to be there now. And whatever comes will come or it will not come. I will see it when I get there, you know? So it's like, I think a lot of people that are stressed out about losing weight, have getting another job, changing the way they live, changing their house, their apartment, their partners, they go for the last step first. And I think that is of course overwhelming and it might, you know, weigh you down instead of saying, okay, I want to lose 10 kilos, but what do I like? I like to go for a walk because it's nice outside. Then you go for a walk and when, then you realize, oh, I will go for a walk again and then you will see and then your body changes and then you go for more. You will try out more and you have the courage to actually do that because it takes a lot of energy to go for changes and you need to gather that energy first, I think, through communication. Beautiful. Well said. <laughs> so my last question is something very consistent on the show. The last question is always about women authors of achievement. So that's the name of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And the women I interview are authors of their own achievement. They're creators of their own achievement. And what we spoke about, Annabelle, I cannot confirm more. This is it. <laughs> this is how you build your life. You just create it step by step. You know, baby step, big step, doesn't matter. But you are creator of your own life. And the listeners who are listeners of the show, they're also creators of their own achievements. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you have to be a star, have an Oscars. It doesn't mean you, it can be something small, but it is already a step forward. That's how I like to look at achievements and successes. And I always ask my guests at the end who they perceive or who they want to highlight as their woman author of achievement. Wow. Oh, I think Thelma Blobang, seriously. I've known Thelma since she was 17. She's now 42. And she started out small. She was always a great actress. And I uh, supported her also when she went to school, still. I mean, at an acting school. And then she came from Cologne to Berlin. And she was working as a waitress. And then she did all kinds of random jobs just to, to make it somehow. We were always supporting each other, lending each other money and all that. You know, we were really close friends. And bit by bit, she became more and more known. And now I think, really, you can say that she is the most influential black actress in Germany at the moment. She went her own way. She did uh, Tell Me Nothing from the Horse, which is like a sketch comedy, but highly political, where she plays different personas. And it's ex she's extremely funny. And she's also, she's bigger. She has big boobs, a big ass. She's very black. She's very German. She's very African, Ghanaian. She's everything. And she's a full force woman. And she doesn't give a shit. She goes for it and she does it well and she has great deals now. She's playing her first main role in a ZTF film and you know and all that and she achieved that because she never gave up and she has this wonderful positive energy towards life and towards trying out things and building things and building the community of Black Women X Matter which she founded during Black Lives Matter and it's just I think she's a wonderful person and I think she really deserves to be highlighted. Thank you. I hope, she, <laughs> I hope she will listen to this episode. I also do. <laughs> I love the clapping. 
Are we doing great? <laughs> cool. That was actually my question. Thank you so much for sharing. Her. Thank I you. Ho I hope she'll be listening to the episode and for being on the show. I'm so happy this happened. And now I'm so honored. 70 episodes and I get to interview an actress. <laughs> um, We're going to be the last show. one, I'm sure. <laughs> what, what an honor. So thank you so oh, thank much, you, for being on the show. Thank you so much, Daria. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review. We're always excited to read them. If you want to interact with us, the guests, or the podcast listeners, then head over to our Instagram page at waa.berlin. And while you're there, make sure to check our webshop. Thank you again for listening, and we're looking forward to being back soon.